Alice said, It's all right. It's not. I love you. We don't have to make love every time to prove we're in love. That just makes it screwing. Ugly. John Carver turned away, his back to her. She said, It's not just this, is it? This didn't help. Do you want to talk about it? It's business. Boring. Business is never boring. Alice Belling had graduated from Harvard Business School with a letter of introduction to a Boston stockbroking firm and the overly confident and quirky idea of turning her degree thesis on corporate avarice eroding American entrepreneurialism into an op-ed commentary for the Wall Street Journal. Unable to decide which to try first, she wrote off to both at the same time. The op-ed piece which prompted two more articles and two days of -of top-of-the-page correspondence, was published three days before Alice got an invitation to join the stockbrokers. Her choice was a freelance media career, specializing in analysis and commentary on global finance and corporate stock market movements and trends. In the past year, she'd exposed insider dealing and profit inflation in two multinationals just prior to new bond issues. Business and family, further qualified Carver. Involving Jane? It's complicated. Turn around and talk to me properly, insisted Alice. And hold me. I like it when you hold me. He turned back, reaching out for her, and she came easily, comfortably into his arms. She said, You're wonderful. So are you. You know what I'd like? What? to go up to the cabin again soon. I've got the annual conference. I didn't mean now, just soon. It's been more than two months. They'd taken a long time finding the perfect wood-built cabin in the Barefoot Mountains, alongside a small river feeding into one of the West Milford Lakes. On the bedroom bureau, Alice had a time-release photograph of herself and Carver there, she with her hand in front of her face because she hadn't been ready when the shutter clicked, and another in the living room. Carver was by himself in that shot, wearing a lumberjack shirt and hiking boots and proudly displaying the fish he'd caught, his first ever, on their initial visit. Let's get the conference out of the way. One or two other things. We'll make a long weekend out of it, and you can take the toy. One of the rituals involved in the visits to the Catskills was their going in Alice's carefully preserved Volkswagen, her proudest souvenir of her college days. Thank you, and you can fish again. I'm sorry that today- Stop it! You know what I wish? I don't want to go that route either, refused Alice. You can't. We both know it, and I accept it. I'm happy the way things are with us. It's enough. She clamped his leg between both of hers, bringing them tightly together, she slightly on top of him. How was George's birthday this weekend? George W. Northcote was Carver's father-in-law and founder of the Wall Street accountancy firm that bore his name and represented a forty-year symbol of propriety and rectitude. Carver said, He came over for dinner. Jane gave him some golf clubs which he looked at as if they'd come out of an Egyptian tomb. How is he? The affair between Carver and Alice had developed from their meeting when she had come to Wall Street to interview Northcote for a profile for Forbes magazine. Northcote had a copy framed. Not so good. 
He even sometimes forgets the end of his sentences and gets mad when anyone tries to help. He told me he was frightened of retiring, of atrophying with nothing to do, Alice remembered from their interview. The problem is he's still trying to do too much. He's refusing to let go of a few clients to give himself the reason to come into the city at least two days a week. His firm, his name, she anticipated. No one can ever be as good as he is, in George W. Northcote's opinion, Carver agreed. Holding her like he was, naked, was enough for him today, too.